0: Warning, the following podcast may contain some fits of extreme nerd rage, especially when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. As such, there may be a few colorful pieces of language thrown around. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, once again to the Wrestling, Ramblings, and Rages podcast. It's been a hot minute. Did you miss us? Because we sure missed you. Anyway, I am your host, James Shima, as always. And, of course, I am joined... By my co-host, first and foremost, the one and only Caramel Mountain himself, Mister Ryan Payne.
1: Ryan, what's going on, buddy? Oh, nothing much, man. It's all I was. I know we get. There is a lot to talk about, but I will be honest. These last cup, this last week has been oh, like a roller coaster of wrestling news. That's for sure. It, it,
0: It has definitely been eventful, to say the least. Uh, but we'll get more into that here in just a minute, and boy, as far as our recording schedule, it got interesting to be sure. Uh, but also joining us, of course, is the one and only Mr. Brenton McPherson. Brenton, how's it going, buddy?
2: Doing pretty good, and just as Ron said, you know, it's it's been one rollercoaster, like wrestling news, it's just been one thing right after another. I'd say it's, you know, not even just this past week, just over the last couple of weeks, you know, last month, like, it's just been nuts
0: very very much so so yeah let's let's make no bones about it let's just jump right into it obviously summer slam is coming up this weekend and we are going to get to those predictions but first we've got to address the 600 pound gorilla in the room um so i think all of us pretty much never thought we'd be in this position but yet here it is mark the day ladies and gentlemen friday Uh, July 22nd, a day which will live in infamy. At 4.05 p.m. Eastern Time, one oh five p.m. Pacific, it became confirmed. Pigs started taking uh, trips in the flight simulator. Satan started ice skating his way to work, and all of us collectively got calls from our brothers and sisters who had adopted chimpanzees, and we all became monkeys' uncles. Vince McMahon, after 40 years, 40 Four decades running World Wrestling Entertainment, retired at the age of 77. Now, obviously, this is mired in a whole bunch of controversy, and the retirement itself I don't think was even his call, and we're going to get into that here in a minute. But first, I'm just going to go ahead and give you guys a quick little timeline of what happened and how this situation kind of played out. So to start things off, we go all the way back to June 16th when a report came out from the Wall Street Journal that said, Vince McMahon was alleged to have paid a paralegal three million dollars to keep quiet about a sexual affair between them. Not only that, but she was apparently also passed off like a toy to the head of talent relations, Mr. John Laurinaitis. That was the first issue. Then, you know, the investigations start going. WWE starts internally investigating things. More allegations come out, and we find more uh, more evidence of other non-disclosure agreements numbering in about $12.5 million from four different women whom McMahon is alleged to have had sexual affairs with. This all boiled over and boiled over until July 22nd when Vince McMahon stepped away at the age of 77, put out a tweet that said, at 77, time for me to retire. Thank you, WWE Universe. Then, now, forever, together. Hashtag WWE, hashtag thankful. Uh, WWE also had... Different, uh, a different uh, statement up on their corporate website, a little bit of a longer uh, goodbye for Vince, uh, which I will read here in just a moment. Here it is. Uh, As I approach 77 years old, I feel it's time for me to retire as chairman and CEO of WWE. Throughout the years, it's been a privilege to help WWE bring you joy, inspire you, thrill you, surprise you, and always entertain you. I would like to thank my family for mightily contributing to our success, and I would also like to thank all of our past and present superstars and employees for their dedication and passion for our brand. Most importantly, I would like to thank our fans for allowing us into your homes every week and being your choice of entertainment. I hold the deepest appreciation and admiration for our generations of fans all over the world who have liked, currently like, and sometimes even love our form of sports entertainment. I'm going to go ahead and just cut it off there because there's a lot more information that goes into it. Um, but once again, with all of the controversies and everything going on, it doesn't even seem like... This really was his choice in a lot of ways, especially after some more information came out. It definitely seems like this was more, you're not retiring. We're removing you. We're just calling this a retirement so you can save a little bit of face. Um, so then we move now to July 25th. Over, over that weekend, of course, uh, some other announcements were made. Stephanie McMahon and Nick Kong were named as co-CEOs of the WWE, running the business day to day. Triple H was reinstated as the Executive Vice President of Talent Relations, meaning, in addition, John Laurinaitis is also 86th, see ya, bye. Uh, Then we moved to July 25th, where all of our, I think, collective hopes and prayers came true, when Triple H was not only named Executive Vice President of Talent Relations, but also the new head of WWE Creative. He even held a big meeting before that night's episode of Monday Night Raw to say, hey, Things are going to change a little bit. Communication is going to be a lot more simple. Uh, we're going to get back to having fun and having a nice little rah-rah speech back in the locker room area. Uh, but then also on the same day, come to find out uh, that WWE has found another, you know, other evidence of a total of $14.6 million that Vince paid. But also is money that he paid while it might have been out of his own personal account, funneled it through the company so it wouldn't reflect in his overall bank accounts and didn't report it to the IRS. So now not only is he facing this investigation internally from the WWE, but now he's also facing Security Exchange Commission and federal investigation. And when you think back now on all of the scandals, all of the controversies that McMahon has survived, you know, the Benoit controversy, the Owen Hart controversy, the steroid trials. It boils down to what ultimately undoes his tenure as the head of WWE, as the figurehead, as the chief on top of the mountain, is the fact that he couldn't keep his dick in his pants. Brenton, let's let's go to you first here because I'm going to get your thoughts and your opinions on all of this before we move into some of the social media reactions, some of the other kind of fallout and things like that, and then where things are going to go. You like me have, keeping an eye on this story what were some of your takeaways from all this and what's what was your reaction on friday when this news broke that vince mcmahon had quote-unquote retired from wwe
2: oh well, one i was in shock and more so in shock that it actually happened because I, like i said like you kind of said you, you never no one ever thought they'd see the day that would happen you know, you thought, you know, if you came to me and said, you know, do you think this McMahon will ever, and I'm using air quotes for retire, I'd say, no, he's going to die backstage at our show. Like, that's what's going to happen. He's going to be on ruler chair on oxygen, you know, and, but, you know, and I had to take a second glance. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. What? And then, you know, and I was like, yeah, retired my ass. I was like, no, board of directors were like, no, you're out. You're out, but we're going to let you call it a retirement. Um, And, you know, I hate to say it like this, but the whole thing didn't surprise me. Um, Just because I've always, he, it's Vince has always come across as that kind of person that thinks like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm this, you know, I own this mega, you know, power of a company. I can get away with anything. Yeah. And there's not going to be any repercussions if I get caught. Right. It's almost well, like the
0: the old opening, like, line before John Cena's original theme music. So you think you're untouchable. That's exactly what it was. Vince pretty much thought he was Teflon. There was no way any of this was ever going to blow back on him ever.
2: Yeah. And it's like, well, buddy, you know, what goes around comes around and all the people you shit on. Well, somebody just shit on you, mm-hmm. not just somebody, but multiple people. Yeah. And it
0: around, comes around. And when you come around, sometimes it comes back in your face.
2: Exactly. And, you know, <laughs> and it, it's one of those things. And then, you know. To make matters worse, just you know, not only to do the things that he did, but to to put it on, you know, to to throw these these women, you know, like oh, you know, like they're like they're nothing to John Laurinaitis, like, and then for him to do whatever he digs, I, you know, it's like, like, God, like, where are your morals, Like, like, seriously, like, what are you doing, you know? And I feel, you know. I feel for you know like Stephanie and Shane and Linda like you know and the fa- the whole family like finding this stuff out like you know because I'm sure Vince did not tell them I'm about hundred percent positive hundred percent thousand
0: percent yeah he didn't do it
2: you know coming to, you know and you're finding this stuff out about you know your husband your dad you know for Triple H your father in law you know it's like
0: for his grandkids
2: grandkids, grandfather, grandkids grandfather. finding out about your grandfather it's like what the hell? Like,
1: It's really like, what example are you setting for them?
2: <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, and it's, you know, and, and it's one of those things, like, I think Vince realized, you know, he realized, you know, he had, it was, it came down between this, you know, he had a shit storm behind door number A and a storm of shit behind door number B, or door B, and, you know, it's like, like, He's, you know, he's, and he's up shit creek without a paddle and with his mouth wide open. He, mm-hmm. there was nothing he could do, not one thing he could do. And because it's out there in the open, and it's not just one person that's, you know, come out and, you know, spoke out against it, but it's been multiple.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: When that happens, it's like, okay, you know, it's not just some person who's trying to get money. No, this is this is not good. This is a serious matter. Right. And I think in the board of directors, I'm going to go, you know, shout out to them for stepping up and being like, you know what? No, we're not putting up with that. That's ridiculous. That is unprofessional as shit. You're out. You're no longer, you are out of the board of directors, you know, and for them to push it, you know, just to keep, you know, investigating, they're still investigating. And for them to finally say, you know, okay. Hey, Look, you just can't be a part of the company anymore. Yeah. because
0: I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to, to, to interrupt you here, but here's the thing. like I know a lot of people, like especially online and in the, the social media space, were like, oh, once the heat dies down, he'll be back. Once the retirement thing hit. But then the other information about him funneling the money through the company and not reporting it came up. And at that point, I'm like, no, 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 no. He's Wesley Snipes' levels of fucked. You dodge the IRS, even Al Capone will tell you. That don't fly.
1: Yeah, it's like Martha Stewart, you know, she had her empire, but even she went to jail for, you know, uh, not just tax evasion, but yeah, funneling her money. So (laughs) that is, uh, that's like one of the big red flags of businesses. Like, but that says all about corporate. Right. Well, um,
0: Ryan, let's go to you for a second because, again, um, we'll get more into like the the minutiae of things and, like, uh, again, the reactions and the fallout and everything now here in just a minute. But, when you first saw this news, when this notification first came up for you, what were your first kind of reactions to this? And what was what was your, you know, what was the process like for you of coming to realize, oh, this is actually fucking happening?
1: Well, I I didn't want to jump the gun and, you know, really like do like, you know, that little meme with that kid where he's got like his, you know, his of that baby with this fist pump, you know. Uh, I almost wanted to do that, but I wanted to wait a few more sources to to corroborate this and when it it kept going around and it was saying it was all over twitter and a few other wrestling news sites were reporting this i'm going wow i'm amazed like they actually the board of directors actually finally said enough was enough because for me honestly it became obvious Sometime around like the two like twenty tens like last like in the last ten well pretty much maybe like mid two thousands or so now looking back at it that Vince he only was able to continue doing what he was doing because the uh, I will say the fandom or at least the uh, the widespread of wrestling it was still slightly contained within its own community. But the more it started to become more out there, especially with social media and, you know, with Twitter, uh, Facebook, I mean, I, I can honestly say that's kind of one of the, I would say that's one of the uh, factors that led to Vince's downfall was social media. But I, I that's a whole other thing for another time. But I'll, all I will say is that when this happened... It ultimately came down to, yeah, he's officially retired, but he'll still maybe be behind the scenes in some capacity. And then that report came out of him funneling money. And I go, yeah, uh, the board is definitely not letting him back in the door. Maybe he'll he'll still peek his head in, but it's pretty clear. Board of directors are like, yeah, as far as it comes with the day-to-day operations, you're done. And um, to me, I'm just going, all right, this sounds good. Let's see how it's going to affect because for the longest time, hearing all these stories from so many wrestlers about Vince and creative. I mean, some wrestlers, you know, WWE, we've had, uh, we, obviously all three of us have unleashed our frustrations with the creative and how they've treated other wrestlers. But it honestly, went hand in hand. Like some wrestlers were treated well by Vince. Other wrestlers just weren't because Vince, either. I he probably didn't see much stock value in them because, you know, it was his product. And you know that's the business, but still, some of the things he did, especially in the last uh, ten years, it was really head scratching. Uh, he he's he's in charge of this company for over, like you said, forty years, building his building his product the way he wanted to. And there were times where he was ahead of the curb, and then other times where it was clear he was his own worst enemy. And he would always like to, and he was, a, and he was, and he would always like to do a bit of revisionist history. And it was obviously clear that Vince, well, not obviously obvious, but it was clear that when anything outside of WWE with wrestling, Vince really just wasn't that successful at it. Like he, we, we, we know he tried to do his own uh, bodybuilding league that failed. He tried the XFL that failed. It almost felt to me that wrestling felt like it was a like a tr- like it was a pit that Vince was in, and he was only in it because of his own making. And I think there was some self loathing because of it, which is why I was always scratching my head: why would he book a certain wrestler, or why is he co- always constantly contradicting his own creative? You know, it kind of felt to me that Vince was always looking for a way out, and that toxic. And um, that self-loathing spread to everywhere within the product. And it just ultimately came down to, is this ever going to end? And maybe it has with Vince gone. But I think back to that, to CM Punk's pipe bomb, when he said, I would, I would like to think this company would be better off when he's dead. And then he continues, it will only be passed on to his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law. Well, let's hope the first, let's hope that second half, does not come to pass where it's going to get worse. Let's hope. I mean, that was a promo beyond that, but I, let's just see how much better it's going to get. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Now, I I, I feel like before we go any further with this, I feel like a, a very specific elephant in the room needs to be addressed. And f- credit where credit's due, all fairness It goes without saying that without the absolute batshit insane love child of P.T. Barnum and Donald Trump that is Vince McMahon, Hmm. this show doesn't exist. This podcast, we might not even have ever become friends without Vince McMahon. Like, I fully recognize that, and I will fully admit, Vince McMahon, when you decided to take over the WWF at the time, rebranded to the world wrestling federation, then rebranded again to WWE. Everything that you have accomplished over the last 40 years is the entire reason that us three idiots are able to sit here and have this conversation and decry your creative decisions and, and all of that. So for that, for bringing this group together and for giving us this world of professional wrestling that we can enjoy, I will say thank you. And I will be fair in that regard however over the last number of years you have made some pretty asinine booking decisions and once again because you've decided you were teflon and you could get away with anything if you just flaunted enough money around that's why you're in the position that you're in right now now again we'll take a look at uh here in just a second we'll take a look at some of the uh the social media reactions there have been a ton that have flooded in Uh, a lot of people, both former and current employees of the company have, have made their voices heard. Uh, Mandy Rose, for example, thank you Vince for everything. Um, Nikki and Brie Bella said, thank you Vince for the opportunities, the wisdom, the support, the love, the belief in me, helping me find my fearless side. And for some of the best memories of my life, I'll always be grateful for everything you have done for me and have taught me love Nikki. So that was obviously um, Nikki Bella there uh soraya aka Paige, said i want to say a big congrats to stephanie Mc- stephanie mcmahon and welcome back to triple h even though it's sad to see vince step down i'm excited to see where you take wwe gonna be a hell of a journey to watch um there have also been there have been other tweets from uh the likes of kurt angle pat mcafee mcfoley alberto el patron of all people uh william regal dana brooke rick flair there are a couple others that i really want to highlight here um, first and foremost, uh, Elijah Burke, AKA the Pope D'Angelo De Niro, said, hell is officially frozen over. No Vince, no WWE, no Elijah Burke. Never thought that such a thing was possible, but at the end of the day, the man did is what he's always forced others to do. And that's to do what's best for business. Enjoy your retirement. Again, I think it's more, he was forced to finally do what's best for business. Uh, but that's besides the point. Uh, Medusa, AKA Alundra Blaze said, thank you Vince McMahon for the opportunities with a movement that changed the trajectory for women's wrestling for years to come. Wishing you a badass retirement. Uh, The former Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona, said, Thanks for everything, Vince. Enjoy retirement. Uh, Vicky Guerrero even chimed in with, It's hard to believe that Vince McMahon has retired. Thank you, Vince, for loving my family. I learned so much from you, not only professionally, but in life's lessons. Uh, Enjoy your well-deserved retirement. And then, of course, uh, one of the big ones I want to get to is, of course, uh, one of AEW's big figureheads, which is, of course, Chris Jericho um he was asked about what he thought about the whole situation and everything like that he said uh the following "Uh, the thing is for me i haven't worked in the wwe since 2017 and i did work there for almost 20 years i always loved working with vince learned a lot from him and you know he had a great run and then stepping back is you know probably for the best for him even from a physical standpoint because he runs himself so ragged from the workload that he has I think, uh, so he uh, went on to, you know, be asked about a couple of things and if this was going to change anything for AEW's programming now with the change in the guard over at the WWE. And he said, I think one of the best things that we've done as a company with AEW is obviously we know WWE exists and obviously we know that they're out there and they see us as 1,000% uh competition. Uh, but we don't really worry about what's going on in their world. We're much more concerned with our own shows, sharing the best shows we can and improving everything we can, telling the best stories we can. So to me, they're kind of a ship on their own, and we are much more diligent about AEW generally. I mean, like I said, I care, but not really worry. So is it going to affect us anyway? We'll see. I don't know if there will ever be, you know, a WWE versus AEW crossover pay-per-view, but stranger things have happened. So we'll see. Um. So again, a lot of people obviously doing like what I just did a second ago, paying tribute to Vince McMahon, recognizing that without him this crazy sandbox that we get to enjoy every once in a while and some are even fortunate enough to play in, uh, doesn't really exist. And again, it does bear repeating that WWE or even professional wrestling or quote unquote sports entertainment would never have made it into the mainstream zeitgeist of, you know, the world itself at large, I think without the efforts of Vince McMahon. So, um, I will say, like I said before, we appreciate, we at the show appreciate Vince for what he has contributed to our lives and to our, you know, uh, to our, uh, just to the world as a whole, but it doesn't change the fact that you've done some shady shit in your life, homeboy. And again, now your chickens are coming home to roost. Uh, Brendan, anything you want to add on that front?
2: Um, I mean, you know, just. Aside from the, the shitty things that you know that he's done, um, and the shady shit that he's done, the stupid bookings, the stupid decisions, you know. Aside from all that, you know, I do want to say thank you, Vince. Um, for you know, giving us wrestle. I mean, giving you know, giving us the opportunity to watch this. Product that you know, all three of us and millions of others love, you know, and you know, you you know, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he made some stupid ass decisions and he's done some stupid stuff, you know, but you know, in the end, if it wasn't for Vince, like you said, we wouldn't have this, we wouldn't be having this conversation. you know, we just wouldn't have it. And so for that, Vince, I say thank you. Um, And uh, I don't know what else to say.
0: Uh, Ryan, anything you want to add on that front? Well,
2: I do agree.
1: I do agree that, yes. Vince, he, during during the time when he picked, when he took the company over from his dad, he did make some questionable business decisions but it did lead to something that it did lead to something that was which was inevitably going to happen for wrestling being put on public you know national television because we all know back then there was the territories and sometimes some wrestling companies would have would have some tv deals you know just being shown on cable but Vince was someone who thought wrestling should be brought to national television and he took and he made and he you know, he took, he, t- he took the gumption, you know, he took his balls and pretty much, you know, he put it up there, put it out there, and we saw it happen. He made a product that represented the t- the generation, the time that it was a part of. It gravitated to a lot of people. And I will say that, yeah, if it wasn't for what Vince did, we could not have met. Now, to say that wrestling would not be as popular as it was, I will say that. I, I, I still think wrestling would have been around, but it would not have been it, it would not be one of the more one of the more recognized uh sports in in the country i will say that it would have been kind of way like how wrestling is in uh in in japan or in the uh, or in, in or in the uk it's well known like locally and inter- within the within its community but it would not have had that widespread appeal like it is here so i do give him a thanks for that and you guys have already touched on the stupid booking decisions, the the business decisions he's made, and especially now within the past decades, how, everything that he has done has come to roost. To be honest, if WWE was not a publicly traded company, a part of me thinks he'd still be CEO right now. He'd still be because when it's a public, when when it comes with a company that's publicly publicly traded. You do got those board of directors. You you have people to report to. It doesn't matter if you're the owner. It does not matter if you have the majority of shares. Sooner or later, you will be edged out. And it's clear here, Vince, he was edged out here. Now, Thank you for bringing wrestling to widespread. Thank you for giving us the entertainment that we didn't think we wanted or needed and also I do want to say thank you that it led me down the road to where I would not have met James or Brenton would not have had something as uh, great as the Jericho cruise would not have had any of the moments that we've gotten from De- from the WWE or WWF at the time. Like there were so many careers that would not have been as popular or wrestling would not have felt as passionate or almost like it was in our veins like it is, but it will not. And I mean, not excuse his actions; it will not excuse what 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 he's done. Thank you, but it's just, but it's more of those situations to where you have an asterisk above your name.
0: Yeah, I mean, granted, the ones that we that we've been reporting on, or the other places have been reporting on, only took place over the last sixteen years. But obviously, there's the whole uh, Rita Marie Chatterton, uh, you know, thing that came up a while back. Uh, she was a, a female referee back during like the late 80s early 90s and apparently she accused vince of some impropriety uh there's even uh, stable also brought up charges against vince as well yep and then uh there was another young lady who worked at a tanning salon that vince uh frequented apparently who uh accused him of you know trying to you know force himself on her and this that and the other so um but yeah I, i wouldn't say that it all comes with an asterisk but yeah there definitely is now a a black cloud that hangs over his legacy, unfortunately. Uh, But, I mean, considering everything that's been covered on Dark Side of the Ring, he fits right in. So so now we shift our focus now from the past and what has happened to the future. Because as I've said, there's a new sheriff in town. There's a new regime, as it were, overseeing WWE creative in one Triple H, the man who ushered in the... I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it. The best pro wrestling program for a number of years, and that's including both Raw, SmackDown, Impact, New Japan, even portions of Ring of Honor, and that's NXT. You know, And now he is not just in charge of NXT, but he is in charge of the whole kitten caboodle. Now, obviously, there are some other kind of things to factor in here, like how much say does Bruce Pritchard still have? Because, again, he was... One of Vince's close confidants. I don't know how long he'll stick around. Uh, Does that walking eyesore Kevin Dunn get to stick around? Because I've heard reports that he's fixing to exit too, because he was a big Vince supporter. The bottom line now is that we have someone new in charge, and there is opportunity now for a drastic improvement. Do I think we're going to see a very drastic shift or a drastic improvement? overnight. No. I don't. I think everything that Vince already had in place up until SummerSlam, aka this Saturday, I think all of that is set in stone and that's going to stick. Once that's done, however, I think gradually, not immediately, but gradually we will start to see a change for the better. And I won't go into too much detail just yet because I've got a couple of ideas of how we could see a a, a shift after SummerSlam, but I want to get I want to talk from my co-hosts or with my co-host here for a minute, Ryan. What are does the does Triple H being named the head of creative overseeing all of the WWE product now? What does that do now for your excitement level or your anticipation level for upcoming? WWE shows moving forward, because we've talked at length that we all collectively just don't have any interest in the WWE product the way that it's been. But now with Triple H set to take over and knowing his track record with NXT and what he has done in terms of a lot of the issues that we would have had with the main roster not being issues in NXT... Does this at least intrigue you to say, okay, maybe I'll take a look at Raw and SmackDown coming up and see what
1: changes they make and how it progresses? It has brought my interest back. I mean, of course, me and you have, bla- we we have rambled and ranted on this. One of the our biggest issues during the time was the huge disconnect that was from the main shows of Raw and SmackDown to what Triple H was doing in NXT, and even and even with NXT UK, I mean that was I mean it's it's no secret that when a wrestler from the in from either NXT shows were brought to the main roster, not much attention was brought to them. I mean the audience may have known who they were, or maybe they w- didn't know. But It always fell down to a lack of recognizing this wrestler, and it always brought up the question of what was the point of creating these separate brands of NXT if you were not going to reference because it's all within the same, under the same roof, why would you not reference it? It wasn't like with OVW or FCW to where it was a training ground. They Vince gave money. He put money down to have these on the network, to populate the network of the list of shows. And it was one of the more popular, one of the more popular shows on the network. So seeing how, there was just no lack of interest in taking this investment and then paying it forward, because one thing that was good during that time was um, earlier on when NXT was starting, at least on the main shows of Raw or SmackDown, they would bring in an NXT wrestler and they would have them wrestle on a show. You know, they use the NXT colors to let be, to give everyone introduction to the brand. I don't know. I eventually just saw that it wasn't something that was worth paying for in the long run but it was clear every WWE anytime a WWE moment happened from an NXT call up people recognized it even if they even if they weren't the more famous NXT call ups like Shinsuke like Finn Balor or Kevin Owens even if you had one wrestler pop up from NXT either as a goon or as a uh or just as a, as a surprise opponent it got the crowd's attention and the lack of Wanting to at least strap a rocket to their back or at least, you know, guide them through their transition to the main roster was always something that was frustrating. With Triple H in charge, I I I apart me believes we are going to see less of that. Now I don't know how he's going to handle NXT 2.0, but I at least know with NXT UK, it still has a bit of that same flavor of the old NXT to where he won't have an issue if he wants to, like if any of the wrestlers from the UK want to permanently be part of the US. Yeah, Triple H will treat them with as much respect and uh, and and w- with as much respect and time trying to get them acclimated to the roster than it would if it was under Vince and all his assortment of yes-men like Laurinaitis, like Michael Hayes, you know, because that was one of the main issues was just lack of communications, either when they did their WWE 24s or if it was just a wrestler talking during the table for three, which – that's another red flag too. If you have these shows on the network, that's pretty much saying that. Oh, I would be. I'd hear. I'd be setting up my storyline and, or at least planning my match and my feud, and then learning the day of Raw or SmackDown that it's all changed. It's 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 it literally is WWE is WWE creative and Vince just taking a big ass club or gun and shooting them in the foot and admitting it. On their programming, and you're still expecting us to, to keep watching. I'm not gonna keep watching you cripple your talent, and cripple your product just because it's not going away, it's not going away you didn't think it was. Even when I'm listening to old podcasts like a Freddie Prince Jr., when he talks about his time as a writer for WWE, it's it's almost the same thing. I'm hoping with Triple H involved, there will be less. There will be less frustration with creative, at least for the wrestlers. If something's not working out, then they can work on a way to change it. But I hope with Triple H moving forward, he at least gets himself a good team of writers or, or at least a good uh, inner circle of men who are familiar, who are not just familiar with the business, but understand what it would be like to try to pitch a storyline or pitch a character to a wrestler and try to work with them. Now, Triple H has hit and misses on NXT. He, it's not a complete success, but at least in the majority sense, he has a success of creative of wrestlers behind his back to prove that he knows what he's doing. Agreed. Triple H definitely has had
0: more success over the last number of years in booking and getting acts over than Vince McMahon has. Because let's think about it. Granted, I know how good he is now, but... Think back to when in NXT you had Buddy Murphy and Wesley Blake teaming up for the first time. Yeah. I saw them as just jobbers, jobbers. I didn't even think they even looked like superstars. But look at what they did as a tag team down in NXT. Look at what you did with the Ascension, the Villains. You know, all the gimmicks that shouldn't have gotten over, all the talent that probably wouldn't have gotten over, under Vince McMahon, and let's be fair, didn't get over when they got called up under Vince McMahon, and what Triple H was able to do with them and how they were received when they were booked properly. Um, But we'll get more into that here momentarily. Um, Brenton, go ahead really quickly, and your overall thoughts on Triple H taking over, and is your interest or morbid curiosity in WWE's product increased at all with this announcement?
2: I'm just going to... Be very quick on this. I've said this to a lot of people. Name one other person that you would want over creative. And the answer is nobody. There's nobody else that you want. He literally, his nickname, the his, his nickname, the the of the game is literally what he is. He's a, he studies it. He lives it, breathes it. Like, that's what he is. Like, Triple H is the personification when it comes to creative. Like, the guy's a genius. It, it's mind-boggling how he takes a, you know, because what person can take a developmental territory, you know, and take you know, where they literally just sign random people and build them up, you know, you know, they're they're, you know, they've never wrestled anywhere else but WWE. You know, they've never wrestled anywhere else and get to the point where we start seeing guys from, you know, TNA slash impact, we start seeing guys from New Japan, just the different places at takeover shows in the audience, you're like, holy shit. Like, like who if, like, you know, like, Bobby Roode, um, Cassius Ono, Riddle, you know, Ricochet. Like, who would have thought Ricochet would have been able to keep the name Ricochet? Like, it, you know, and I think with Triple H being back over creative and over talent relations, because if you noticed, when he was removed from... Executive Vice President of Talent Relations, you stopped seeing a lot of indie guys, and you started seeing more of the, you know, WWE people. You know, they WWE created their own superstars, their own wrestlers. You're Broncos, I think
0: your Grayson Wallers, your you know that sort of thing.
2: Not you yet. know, and I'm not and I'm not shitting on any of those guys. Um, I, I you know, I'm a big supporter of Braun Breaker. I'll say that first and foremost you know he you know i think he has a great future ahead of him um and especially for being so new in the business but i think we're going to see some uh, i think we're going to see some indie guys start appearing again and you know i think we're going to see some people that that left come back i think we will see that not who i don't know but I do think we'll see some people that left come back. A
0: possibility certainly does exist. Um, let me I'll go ahead and say from my money, here's, I won't say these are things that I'd like to see because I, I think that's obvious. Here are some things that I hope that we see with, you know, Triple H coming back into power here and Vince McMahon no longer being the all seeing puppet master, you know, Um, Because obviously the complaint for the longest time was that WWE was basically a show made for an audience of one. And that one was Vince McMahon. I think that Triple H is going to take the wider scope of the WWE audience and take that into account in his booking. I hope we see an actual refocus and an actual dedication to real tag team wrestling again. I mean, you look at the tag teams that came up in NXT, you look at the Ascension, you look at DIY, you look at the Revival, you look at, you know, Alpha, uh, American Alpha, you look at the VOD Villains. you look at the Lucha Dragons, you know, there was a love and there was an actual focus on tag team wrestling in NXT. So I hope we get to see a little bit of that come back into the, into the picture. Um, more long term booking. Like look at just Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Look at their history and not only long-term booking, but another continued focus on referencing and keeping up to date and acknowledging WWE's own continuity. You know, there's, there's so many different things that I'm hopeful that we'll see now. Um, I'm hopeful. And again, based on his, his little rah-rah speech at the beginning of raw on Monday, you know, I hope we see you know more communication between talent relations between creative and the uh, the actual competitors themselves. There's there's already a report that came up on my notification list that WWE plans to make uh, to reach out and try to make connections with Naomi and Sasha to try to bring them back. I hope more than anything, though, I hope that the WWE main roster. Starts to just feel more cohesive, make more sense, and to just feel more fun again. You know? That's that's the one thing about, you know, AEW. The, they'll say, the booking doesn't make sense. They don't follow the rules. They don't do this. They don't do that. Yeah, but it's fun. It gets your heart pumping. They do do long-term storytelling. I mean, you look at Hangman's journey from the beginning of the company to being a world champion. They have a focus on great characters. I mean, you look at, you know, granted you don't necessarily have to talk about like the young bucks or anything. They, those guys were kind of already pre-made, but you look at the other stars that they've created, jungle boy, Darby Allen, Britt Baker, granted he's persona non grad at the moment, but MJF there is, they've built so much. And that's, that's the one last big, 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 big thing that I think we will see now that triple H is in control. Less focus on the past, more building towards the future. Brenton, based on what I just laid out there, what do you think? Do you think that these are things that we could uh, see come to pass in Triple H's WWE?
2: Oh, 100%. 100%. I don't see why it wouldn't. Yeah, Ryan?
1: Uh, yeah, I honestly do think that's what I'm hoping for is more cohesiveness. I mean, at least some more common storyline structures. Now I understand it. It won't simply just be triple H. I know he's going to have people under him, but at least with him in, involved, having a, like he, they, like he's been like been saying in reports, there's going to be a more direct line of communication. Meaning that wrestlers are no longer going to have to worry about just, um, being a, having to worry about uh, getting pitched a storyline to work with the writers and then having to learn the next the the night before a show, eight hours or six hours in, that it's changed. At least when it comes down to it, um, hoping with a more direct line communication, wrestlers will be more comfortable going in to focus more on their character so then they can get themselves, you know, so they can connect more with the audience and maybe get themselves over more because speaking, I mean, if one thing that became more, I mean, looking at NXT 2.0, for example, I mean, we talk about, I mean, you, you mentioned a little bit. I mean, if we, if we, if it's been a while, if we if we remember the previous interview between uh, Athena with Chris Van Vliet, as she talked about the new direction they wanted to do with NXT 2.0, and now she just wasn't vibing with it. Hopefully if, if, if Triple H comes to take over, he can maybe try not backpedaled, but to course correct that new direction. And so the next time they do, he does scout for talent, in a way kind of like Athena, I mean, I don't know if she's willing to come back yet. We don't know how where her journey in AEW is going to go. But hey, hold on. I got like a helicopter coming over my neighborhood. <laughs> okay, sorry. What I'm saying is that um, after Athena's interview and seeing what they were trying to do with the women's division, if Triple H is in charge, maybe we'll see some course correction there to where you know, you can still have acts like the toxic, a toxic attraction, but they'll be a little more. Uh, oh, actually, who am I kidding? With TV four, with uh, WWE back to TV fourteen, we may get a little mix, mix and match of both. You know, but still, if it's more focused on wrestlers getting over with their character and their talent instead of trying to focus on the looks, then I am confident in Triple H's uh, what Triple H is going to do.
0: Yeah, the one, the only piece of advice, and again, not that he'd ever take any from me, but the biggest piece of advice I can give to you, Triple H, in establishing yourself as the new head of creative, and that this is going to come as no surprise to, I think, a lot of people, and I know I'm preaching to the choir, take that walking pustule, that absolutely fetid, disgusting, nasty Anthropomorphic testicle known as Kevin Dunn and get him
1: out of there. Anyway, actually, uh, there was also one more thing I wanted to add not with Vince gone. What because one thing that's been kind of curious is what, what about the corporate culture within WWE because that's also been another issue. Um, because there's we've heard lots of backstage like reports and stories from producers or even wrestlers who's clashed with certain like uh people in the corporate in the corporate side who are who came off you know because we always keep hearing about how backstage in the locker room or at least in corporate it had this like high school mentality to where there were bullies or it was like a click mentality back there maybe it'll be a little different with triple h involved maybe it will it will, you know, try to cut that attitude out to where it can be more of a professional work environment. Because the last thing I want to see is, even though, bring up the example of uh, Alberto, Alberto, Alberto El Patron, the one thing that led to his firing in the past was the, him smacking up a producer who sort of raises comment towards him. And his punishment was he gets fired while the producer just gets like a, I don't know, a fine against him. But he still keeps to keep his job. Even though Patron, he's not the best example of a person, but I will just say instances like that. If more if if that if if we're gonna see less instances, instances like that in WWE to where we're gonna see uh professionals in the back be more reprimanded for their attitudes or, or at least their because if if I recall during the pandemic, I forgot the name of that NXT ref, but that one nxt ref who was against like uh Triple H trying to enforce backstage to do to follow the COVID Great protocols. Course. Yes, if there's more instances where Triple H is going to come down hard on guys like that who are trying to put their personal issues or their personal beliefs and trying to make it clash in a professional working environment, let's hope we see guys like that removed, or and, and I, like I said, removed and reprimand because the last thing we need. Is for WWE to go back to that time to where we're hearing about wrestlers courts, to where wrestlers would induct their own type of punishment and ribbing on other wrestlers, affecting their mental health. Yeah, I think we're definitely going to see a
0: lot of a a, a, a very a very big change in the backstage culture. I think uh, moving forward, and that's that's at least one of my big hopes at any rate. Um, all right, but like I said before, there is one last hurdle to get over before we can truly embrace the Triple H era, and that, of course, is this weekend's upcoming SummerSlam Premium Live event. Uh, we've got, oddly enough, only eight matches scheduled for this event, and if they keep these to, let's say, 20 minutes each, we're looking at a less than three-hour show, y'all. Now, granted, do I think they might run a couple of them a little long. Possibly, like I think we can all agree some of the longer ones in here are going to be like the Mysterios versus Judgment Day I think will go pretty good. The Usos versus the Street Profits will probably go for a bit. And then obviously Roman versus Brock is probably going to be the longest out of all of them. If or who, But the bottom line is we've got eight matches here that we've got to predict. We've also got a couple of other short little predictions as well but let's get right into it. First up on this I think is pretty much everybody's least favorite match and the one that they're least looking forward to on this entire card. Uh The Miz taking on Logan Paul. Um Ooh. yeah, I'm just going to get this one out of the way. I'm not going to do too much preamble. Uh the guy just signed a contract with WWE. I don't know how long it goes for, but there, there's no way they're going to job him out to The Miz in his very first match. Logan
1: Paul's going to take this one. Ryan I don't know. I mean, after watching this past RAW and seeing that they have Champa as a freaking as an a as a as, uh, as a pretty Cheater. much a backup stooge to, to, to the Miz, I would not be surprised if they have the Miz win this by cheating just so they can have Logan Paul safe face and so then he can go on this face pro face tirade about he wants Miz, you know, one on one, you know, try to build like build a program with him. So I'm
2: going with the Miz on this one. All right, Brenton. Uh, I'm going to agree with you, James. I don't see them letting Logan Paul lose in his first singles match. Um, and by, from what I've read, he signed a multi-year deal with WWE. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so this is going to go for a while. I don't see them. Get, again, when you get a big signing like this and a big social media thing, Now that's not to say like after the match they couldn't have Champa beat Logan Paul down and put him on the shelf for a while until they find something else to do with him. Uh, Dollars to donuts, he makes an appearance in the Royal Rumble this year. Um, But, yeah, I think Logan's going to take it. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and move on here. Next up, we've got the Raw Women's Championship on the line as Bianca Belair defends against Becky Lynch. Um, Brent, I'm going to let you go ahead first on this one. Who do you think's going over and why?
2: I think they give it to Becky. Um, and the only reason I say that is I feel like, you know, be, you know, Bianca's held it since Mania. Um, I just, for some reason, I don't know, just something is telling me they're going to give it to Becky. I don't know why. I, I really don't. It's just something in my gut tells me they're giving it to Becky.
1: All right. Fair enough. Uh, Ryan. I'm kind of conflicted on this one because for the longest time with Vince's stupid booking decision, he's kind of crippled. I mean, Becky and Bianca have been able to bounce back from the bad decisions that Vince made, but I don't know. I mean, part of me thinks it's going to be Bianca because they had to do the redemption for her what happened at SummerSlam, although they kind of did that with WrestleMania, and then it looks like like this is going to be another opportunity where Becky's going to walk in in SummerSlam and either... God, so much, so much of this bad booking history with Vince is all clouding in my mind. I can't make a thorough decision because I've been unhappy. Like what, his booking decision, what he's done with Becky is one of the reasons why I just had to wash my hands. Now, I pre, I, I've seen what Becky's doing with her big time Bex character. It works. I just, just couldn't get behind it, although. But um. I guess if we need B- – I guess if Bianca – damn, I don't know. She's already won both titles. Oh, damn. This is a hard one. <laughs> I, I, I'm i going to be honest. Out of all the other matches here on the Summer, on the SummerSlam card, this is the one I'm having the toughest one with. Ugh. You know what? I, I, I love Becky. I think she'll be fine. I'm going to go with Bianca.
0: All right. Uh, I'm also going to go for Bianca Belair. I think, especially with the direction that Triple H is going to go with this after SummerSlam, I know for a fact he loves Bianca to death. And I think he's really going to want to push her um, as this champion. Um, Eventually, I do think we will see Becky, big-time Bex, maybe turn face. Because people were cheering her like crazy
1: on Monday but oh no that's the thing that's the one issue I've had with this thing with like she's doing a great job being heel big time Bex problem is, is that the crowd loves her and this is just one of those instances and it was one of those instances where Vince was like I'm just going to ignore the crowd I'm going to keep pushing her. I'm going to push her the way I want to push her <laughs>
0: Yeah but I mean the bottom line is when it comes down to it I think Here's the thing. Do we really want Becky to take the championship and just run another rematch with Bianca and just drive this into the ground any further than it's already been? My money's on no. So I'm gonna say Bianca. And then eventually they keep building her up until someone new comes in to take that title. A, a way to I think I could definitely see them using Bianca as a way to not only build her as a, a, a very credible champion but then to also elevate whoever they decide to anoint to take the title off of her.
1: So It honestly wouldn't surprise me with Triple H in charge. He finally gives Shayna the push that she has not been getting on the main roster. That that one wouldn't surprise me. There's
0: a whole bunch of other options that we've got going forward, so we'll see what happens. All right, next up we have the, uh, I'm sorry, the Unified WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championships on the line as the Usos defend against the Street Profits with Double J, Jeff Jarrett, as the special guest referee. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to go to you first on this one. Who's winning
1: and why? This one's going to be quick. It's the Usos, um, mainly because the Bloodline has honestly been having this long reign. doesn't look to me that they're going to – it this. It doesn't look like to me SummerSlam is going to be the match that's going to start the downfall of the Bloodline, or at least – put the Usos on that sliding slope. With the attacking division right now, there's not a lot of challengers, so I'm going with the Usos.
2: Brenton? Ron pretty much said what I was thinking, and, yes, I'm going with the Usos as well.
0: All right. Well, we've got a unanimous decision here. The Usos are taking it. Now, the one thing that I will say is a saving grace is, again, With Triple H taking over and with as much as he's done with tag teams in the past in NXT, I thoroughly think we're going to get like a lot more, I won't say thrown together tag teams. We're not going to get much more of those, but we are going to get like organically brought together tag teams that actually start to work and that actually stay the long term together to build this division to where when the time finally comes to take the titles off of the usos we've got a lot more potential contenders in terms of tag teams other than just the street profits or the mysterios or whoever else happens to be hanging around
1: oh yeah. agreed 100 i mean yeah. actually one thing i'm excited for i mean i know from recapping a couple of the shows the viking raiders have been getting this different new like attitude maybe with the triple h in charge and now with them at a tv 14 rating They'll turn them back into war raiders or maybe call them war machine, you know.
0: Yeah, we can definitely see. I mean, I don't know that necessarily that has anything to do with a TV 14 kind of thing. I think that more has something to do with it. It was
1: one of the reasons why, I mean, like, rate, sponsorship and rating, sponsorship was one of the reasons why war machine had to go to be called war raiders, you know. Yeah. All
0: right. Next up is we've got Ronda Rousey trying to reclaim the SmackDown Women's Championship from the brand new champion Liv Morgan. Um Here's the thing. Do I think that Liv is going to pin or make Ronda Rousey tap out? Not necessarily, but I do think she's walking away with this title. She's more than earned it. I feel like Triple H is probably high on her, really wants to see her get pushed, and I think Ronda – she's she, from what I understand is the one who wanted live to kind of take it from her and this kind of, she wanted to pass it on to someone who was deserving of it because she just didn't see the need for it anymore. So I'm going to go with live on this one. Uh, Brenton, what about you?
2: Um, yeah, I'm going with live. I just don't see them taking it off of her this quickly. Um, because from what I've known, from what I've heard, they're really, yeah. Triple H is very big on her. Um, the audience is clearly behind her. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't know how she it I do, but I, yeah, I, like I agree with you. I don't see her pinning or submitting Rhonda, but I do see her walking out, um, as champion.
1: Yeah, uh, Ryan, uh, this is a sweep once again. Yeah, live as well. The book, the how she's gonna retain that championship is going to be left out because. It is two faces going one on one with each other. It may lead to a moment to where the ref isn't looking, and then maybe like Natalia, who Rhonda's been in a feud with, just hits her from behind or does something. Or I don't know, maybe on the SmackDown before SummerSlam, Rhonda gets attacked very badly, and she's going to be at half, you know, at, at not 100% going into the match. So it's yeah. going to be an, an instance to where. You know, Liv is trying to wrestle out respect and Ronda, trying to be the badass she is, is going to try to go play through the pain. So, yes. yeah, that, that it's one downside of, you know, you have Ronda Rousey and then you have Liv Morgan. Now, not to say Liv has not improved. She has made much better matches and seeing how the crowd reacted to her winning money in the bank and winning the title shows they are behind her. So, she is walking out with this. Yeah, I agree. Now, One thing I will say
0: is there's a potential possibly for someone to interfere in this match and cost Ronda the match one way or the other or to throw it out in a giant schmoz. And I'll talk more about that here in a little bit. But for now, let's go ahead and move on to the next match. Uh, Pat McAfee looking to slap some sense in the bum ass Corbin. Uh, (laughs) Ryan, we'll start with you.
1: I'm going with uh, Pat on this one and um, this one does feel like it's definitely geared towards Pat walking with the WB. Um, One thing I have been impressed with is Pat McAfee's direction as a commentator and him getting involved in certain matches. Because His match against Austin Theory at WrestleMania was a great one and it kind of reflected earlier back on James in our our podcast when we talked about NXT back in the days when Pat was uh, feuding with Cole was that the dynamics between the two of them was on the wrong side, as I said. I said Pat would have been booked much better if he was a face in NXT and Cole was still a heel. That way his first match against him would have been more of, would have been completely different energy. But, you know, that's hearsay, old episodes. If everyone, if, if y'all want to find out, just, you know, comb through our episodes. And We did talk, uh, I'll, you know what, if this was on a YouTube video, if this was going to be on your YouTube page, I'd, put, I'd probably mark in the timestamps, where to find that episode. But even then, Pat McAfee's walking out with this, because Corbin at this point, he can get beaten by almost anybody and it's not going to affect him.
0: Agreed. Uh Brenton?
2: Yeah, I'm going with Pat McAfee. Uh, he's just, he's he's just so entertaining, and I know the crowd loves him. Um, from what I've heard, they're also, he's another one they're big on backstage, even though he's not You know, he doesn't compete at, you know, as often, clearly as, you know, the rest of the roster. Um, But yeah, I don't see him taking an L on this one. So I see him walking out of SummerSlam with the W.
0: Right on, right on. Let's move in then to the next match. The U.S. title on the line as Lashley defends against Mr. Money in the Bank theory. Um, Brenton, we'll start with you on this one.
2: The Almighty Walks Out. <laughs>
1: yep. Uh,
2: short, sweet, and to the point. Almighty Walks Out.
1: I yeah, I'm going with Bobby Lashley on this one uh, as well. I mean, yeah, all my, because they did have this setup to where Lashley was slightly going – this little mini feud he has going on with MVP and Omos. So that's going to tie itself back around. And it's clear with Theory, there is something building with him being money in the bank. So looking down the road But even now I think at this point Theory is going to get his ass handed to him multiple times So uh, Bobby Lashley Yeah,
0: It's the usual shtick when they do Longer term money in the bank You know Cash ins and this that and the other Sometimes the the holder goes on a bit of a losing streak Before they actually Cash it in So yeah uh, Lashley for the win here Uh, Next we've got a no disqualification tag match uh, the Mysterios taking on Finn Balor and Damian Priest of the Judgment Day. Uh, Ryan, we'll start with you on this one.
1: This one I'm kind of hesitant on. Uh, Judgment Day really hasn't been going off the way it is. Um, but for the longest time, they have been doing this little thing between Ray and Dominic to where there's been uh, dissension between the two of them. Although after this past episode of Raw, there was none of that there. And they they have been trying to do where they're teasing Dominic. He may join Judgment Day. Maybe it might happen at SummerSlam, or it's going to happen on the Raw afterward. But I'm going to give this to the
2: Mysterios. Okay. Uh, um, I'm going the other way. I think Judgment Day takes it. Um, I think I just I just see that I don't see it making just with them teasing, like Ryan said, Dominic, you know, you know, teasing the tension between Dominic and Ray and, you know, with, you know, the possibility there of Dominic joining, I don't see them having the Mysterios win. And then Dominic, you know, or if like, and they have like something happen where he joins. Um, plus with the whole, Um, these cryptic messages that we've been that, you know, have been, you know, these vignettes and everything that have been happening. Um, I'm fairly certain I know who it is. Um, I'm not going to give any spoilers away, Um, but I think I think Judgment Day wins, but I think a certain somebody does something after the match.
0: Yeah, I'll agree with that as well. Judgment Day. Uh, hands down. They they need a win. They need something to make them look dominant, intimidating. And, yeah, like you said, I think someone else pops in after this match to set up a little something else down the road. Okay. okay. Last man standing match for the Undisputed Universal Championship. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the last time. Let's hope to fucking God. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sick of this rivalry. I've, I was sick of it after... Uh, WrestleMania, what was it, 33 where uh, Brock busted him open, or was that 34?
1: I was 34. 34. 33 was Brock and uh, Goldberg and uh, Roman right, gets the Undertaker. But no, That's yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I've been over
0: it since 34. Um, like I said, I think the Triple H regime is going to focus less on guys like Brock, less on guys like Goldberg, and started building the future of this business the way it should have been being built the last 10 years. So uh, Roman Reigns, the Tribal Chief, all hail, acknowledge him, hands
1: down. Ryan? Well, if that tweet from Brock said anything, then, yeah, this is Roman Reigns that's going, that's walking out with this championship. Uh, I was done with Roman and Brock after WrestleMania 31 when Brock was <laughs> – And even then, when Brock came back, won the Universal Championship off of Goldberg, I was done with Brock. So I'm hoping – if Brock is – so if that tweet – and from anyone who's not listening, not understanding what I mean, when Vince announced he retired, Brock, I think a day later, did this tweet to where if he's gone, I'm out. And if Brock really wants to lay on that hilt where he's going to walk out because Vince, air quote, retired over – Sexual assault or sexual scandals, then you know what, Brock? Bye. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord spits you if that's your stance. Okay? But even then, I'm not going to take away from Brock. He's a great competitor. I actually did not like this whole thing where he's going on being this little uh, cowboyish kind of guy. But that's your stance. If that's how you want to leave it, fine. Just don't be like Austin Aries. And once your ass is beaten, you'll walk out of there. No selling the victory.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's face it. I mean, Brock obviously felt like I'm I'm, I'm speculating here. Don't don't quote me on this, but he probably yeah. thought that Vince would have always gotten away with the same way he got away with Flash and Terry at the freaking Insurrection pay per view in the UK before the play ran from hell. Yeah. So, in any case, all right, we got a couple other small little quick uh, prop bets, I guess you could call them. Uh first of all, does Theory cash in? Yes or no? Brenton, go to you first.
2: No, I don't think he does. I honestly I don't think he does.
1: All right, Ryan? It's a hell no. I mean Theory's young and I think he's gonna be holding that tie. He's gonna hold on to that briefcase maybe until 2023. That's-
0: all right, uh, next up. Um, after either of the women's title matches, does Bailey make a return to make her statement for wanting to pick up one of the two top belts?
2: Yes, I do.
0: Brenton thinks they will
1: or that she will. Ryan. I don't I think she will return, maybe not at SummerSlam, but she's been the longest running SmackDown champion. Now let's see her go for the raw belt. So yes.
0: So you're gonna say she returns at SummerSlam to attack you know, potentially Bianca or
1: like take oh no, her. I I don't mean at SummerSlam. I think she's gonna show up after SummerSlam.
0: Okay, so that's a no on the night. Okay, uh, does Edge return to confront Judgment Day? I'm gonna say yes. Uh, absolutely, Brendan,
1: absolutely, no, yes.
0: And uh, Ryan, your thoughts on that one?
1: This is a clean sweep. I also think it's a yes.
0: Okay, there you have it, folks. All right. Well, those are our predictions for this Saturday's SummerSlam Premium Live event live from Nashville, Tennessee. Lord knows I wish I could be in the audience, but unfortunately, money's a little tight right now. But it is what it is. But thankfully, I will be able to watch it live on Peacock along with the rest of you guys. Hope to see you guys there. Um, we may we may do a br- like an abbreviated review during one of our next episodes of what we thought and this, that, and the other. And I mean super, super abbreviated. Uh, because let's face it, we have a tendency to go long winded sometimes, but that's the reason why you guys yeah. listen to us because that's half the fun. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. If you enjoy the show, don't forget to go ahead and subscribe to our podcast on whatever your podcatcher app is, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Uh, I think we're on, uh, there's a bunch of other ones that, uh, that are out there. I'll put the link in the, I uh, Podbean.
1: Sub-screen. I don't know if we're still a part of I that. I don't think
0: we're still on Podbean, but I know we're on a bunch of other ones. Um, but yeah, in any case, find us there, go ahead and leave us a little review. Let us know that you like the show five stars is appreciated, but of course review with your heart, not because we tell you to, but we always appreciate a little bit of ego stroke and it's not a big deal. I mean, it's the world of professional wrestling who doesn't, but that is going to wrap it up for us here tonight, folks. What did you think of all of this? What are your reactions to Vince McMahon's quote unquote retirement? What are your predictions for SummerSlam? Let us know in the comments and your reviews, anything else like that. And we will see you guys in the next episode. It's been a lot of fun. We have rambled. We have raged. But as always, it has been For the Love of Professional Wrestling. I'd like to thank my two co-hosts, Brenton and Ryan, for joining me tonight. We will see you guys next time. And until that time, hey, ref, ring the bell already. See you next time.